right back at you. That's what the king said to the Nuggets, right back at you. After yesterday blowing a 20-point lead to the Denver Nuggets, they give it right back to them as they come back from 19 points down in a massive fourth-quarter comeback to get a, a huge win, another statement win this season against what was the number one team in the Western Conference now, uh, well, still tied for number one, I guess. But uh, the Nuggets no longer have the tiebreaker. We took them off that, the the top of the West, the top of the pedestal. And after De'Aaron Fox's probably worst fourth quarter performance of the season, he responded, and he had probably his best fourth quarter performance of the season. And Malik Monk, after tweeting out, I gotta be better, my bad Sacktown, he comes out and scores 33 points. And then Sabonis. I mean, this guy missed one game with a fracture in his thumb. He only missed one game, and then he comes back, plays 38 minutes, scores 31 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, like, guarding Jokic all game one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA. Like, he is incredible. He really is. And this was just a much-needed win. After things were looking looking down, both in this game, but also in the last few games, where we didn't have the start to the homestand that we wanted to against opposition... Inferior opposition for the most part. And this was just such a gutsy win down the stretch. De'Aaron Fox just took over in the fourth quarter, hitting shot after shot after shot, getting to that mid-range and absolutely nailing them, swishes. There was no question they were going in. And that was all with not gaining as much ground as you would like to see with Jokic out at the start of the fourth. The Kings were not winning the non-Jokic minutes in this game, which is what makes the comeback pretty incredible. They they were either in the first half, they lost the non-Jokic minutes, and in the second half, we're just kind of playing even when Jokic was off the floor. And obviously, that is not going to bode well for you. But in this game, somehow they the Kings made it work. Jokic came back in, but the offense was firing on all cylinders for the Kings. And the defense really picked up. With three minutes to go in the third quarter. And it was it was do or die time at that point. Like, you have to lock down and get some stops and cut the lead. So it's not like a 16-18 point game. And they cut the lead down to, I believe it was maybe 11. Yeah, I think 11. And that was big. And then that defense carried over into the fourth quarter. And even when Jokic came back in, you know, he came out and scored eight straight uh, for the Nuggets. But the Kings did a better job of disrupting him in that fourth quarter. And then they were just playing so well offensively and running in transition, forcing turnovers in that fourth quarter. Because in the first half, the defense was non-existent. They allowed 40 points then 35 points in the second, even 30 points in the third quarter. And it was that fourth quarter where they only allowed 21 points 
and and the Nuggets couldn't miss in that first quarter. In the first half, they they were shooting something like seventy one percent in that first quarter. They could not miss. Michael Porter Jr. came out and could not miss again. Jokic came out more aggressive to make up for the absence of Jamal Murray in this game. And Bones Highland couldn't miss for a stretch. And, and same with KCP. And Conchar as well. I mean, they were all hitting from, from deep. They were 44% on the game. And, you know, they, they shot 58% about from the field. But it was just progressively throughout the game the Kings got better on defense. Because games are not won in the first quarter. They're won in the fourth quarter. You know, so it's better to be the better shooting team in the fourth quarter. Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, and Sabonis all scored over 30 points. And this was the first time that that happened uh, for the Kings since 1979. And it's only the sixth time in the last 10 NBA seasons that it's happened. And, And this wasn't even an overtime game. Three of those were overtime games and I got to give a lot of props to two guys off the bench who defensively turned it up and that was Davion Mitchell and Casey Akpala I was wondering in that first quarter why is Casey Akpala not in the game because Michael Porter Jr. was killing us we were going with a lineup of three guards plus Trey Lyles plus whoever was there at center um so a lineup of nobody that can guard Michael Porter Jr., you know, a 6'10 sharpshooter. You need more length on a guy like that. And I was like, why is Casey Akpala not in the game? And he came in in that second quarter and earned himself 18 minutes. You know, usually you see Casey Akpala get in, he'll play three minutes, and then he won't play the rest of the game. But in this game, he earned his time on the floor. He had three blocks one steal in this game, and overall just played outstanding defense. Alongside Davion Mitchell, who had one of his best defensive games of the season, and definitely quarters in that fourth quarter when he was tasked with slowing down Bones Highland. He did a great job of disrupting Bones Highland. And that's just what we need from the start of the game, is not letting players just be comfortable on the ball. You know, every time Bones had the ball anywhere on the court, Davion was right up in him and not allowing him to go anywhere. Because the the Kings just allow teams to be too comfortable uh, on the ball, making plays. They're very reactionary and not taking initiative on defense and getting physical. And But then they turn it up in the fourth quarters a lot of times, and that's what they did here. And the bench was huge in this game uh, with Kaziak Paula, Davion Mitchell, obviously Malik Monk going for 33 points, and then Trey Lyles was big in this game as well. He had five points, nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, and was a team high plus 13. He was really good just all around of making the right play and being solid in this game. And, you know, he's a lot better when he doesn't have to guard a guy like Michael Porter Jr. when he's alongside a guy like Kaziak Paula or Harrison Barnes. So that's why it's better for Kaziak Paula to be with that bench unit so that Trey Lyles doesn't have to guard someone that's smaller than him. 
or that if, you know, whatever guard we bring off the bench doesn't have to guard someone who's bigger than them. Casey Paula is that perfect fit for that small forward spot off the bench. Malik Monk was also clutch in that fourth quarter, and he obviously drew the foul uh, that won, won us the game when he made one free throw. Didn't make both. Didn't make the first one. And that was very nerve-wracking because I'm like, this is a guy who is having, a, you know, he has his season high in points. He's got 32 points. He's our best free throw shooter, over 90%. Of course he misses the first free throw. Like, don't do this to me. But uh, yeah, he made the second. He said that um, that first free throw that he missed, when it left it, his, uh, when it left his hands, it felt like his best shot all night. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. And then I was, I was definitely nervous on that final possession with 0.7 seconds left because I, I, knew, I called exactly what they were going to do. I mean, it's not hard to. They're just going to throw it into Jokic, who's taller and bigger than everyone, so he can just catch and then uh, fire with, you know, over whoever is on him, and he had Fox on him at that time. But they forced him, you know, into a three-pointer instead of getting to the middle of the court, you know, further into the paint, which was good, and then a good contest from Fox, and he airballed it. The Kings just got enough stops down the stretch, you know, because Jokic was going to get his, but if, if you just stop him a few times... If the offense is going like it was, like the Kings were scoring every time down with Fox or with, you know, Sabonis or Monk, somebody was going to score. And so it was just a matter of getting a few stops. And that's what they did. And the, and the big stop was after De'Aaron Fox was called for that offensive foul, which is a very inconsistent call, I must say. Guys do that all the time and get away with it. I'm not, I think it should be called a foul, don't get me wrong, but call it all the time if you're going to call it. But um, he got called for that, and then just a big defensive stop, and that was such a huge stop. And then, you know, it allowed the, the Kings to come down the other way. Malik Monk draws the foul. Finally, some refereeing going in our favor. So that was nice, <laughs> nice to see. It was another quiet game from both Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray. That's two straight from them where they've both been pretty quiet, but they weren't needed offensively, and they actually didn't play that many minutes. We were going with the hot hands. Same with Kevin Herter. Not a big game from him, but we were going with the hot hands. So we had Fox, Sabonis, and then we were playing um, Mitchell and Monk out there. And then you know either Trey Lyles or Casey Ogpala. Trey Lyles at the end of the game... So that was, that was definitely interesting to go away from a, a lot of Harrison Barnes minutes. You know, I, I understand Keegan Murray, but only having 24 Harrison Barnes minutes is not something you normally see because he's usually pretty irreplaceable on this team. But we went smaller and it worked and... Uh, it, the Nuggets stopped hitting every single shot. You know, MPJ actually missed a few shots down there at the end. And I think something that helped the Kings defensively down the stretch was the fact that, you know, it was a close game down the stretch, so the Nuggets were just going to Jokic every time. And it allowed the Kings to just focus in on one guy. Because, you know, at the start of the game in the first half, 
the Kings were struggling with their rotations and flying by guys on closeouts, and then you know the, the other team would drive, and everyone just looked confused on the Kings defensively. No one was really making the right play, and I think it simplified things when it was like, okay, the ball is going to Jokic. We need to just stop him. It's it's just it's frustrating when the Kings will you know kind of start coming back in a game, get a few points, you know, cut it maybe to single digits, and then they'll just like fall apart for like thirty seconds defensively and like turn it over and then fall apart, and then all of a sudden it's like they give up like five or seven straight points. And that's how things were going both last game and throughout a lot of this game. And that's something that you just didn't see in that fourth quarter. And a a part of that was a lot less turnovers in the fourth quarter, allowing those quick scores from the Nuggets, but also just being more locked in defensively and the Nuggets playing slower so that they could play through Jokic. This was just such a big game to come back in because, I I mean, I had lost all faith in coming back in this game, I'm not going to lie. And uh, it was looking like the the next game would be really important for us to be able to, you know, stay comfortable in the standings and comfortably over 500. But then this kind of just came out of nowhere, this comeback. And it it was such, such a huge comeback to regain the confidence in this team and have, I mean, Malik Monk regained his confidence, that's for sure, after a really rough stretch and then coming out there and just being aggressive. And uh, he didn't settle for as many threes as he normally does. He was settling for a few and missing them, but he was attacking the rim. And then once he got going there and he got like a catch and shoot three, then there. Everything was going in after that. He finally saw that three-pointer go down, and then that was it. He was just knocking everything down. Rashawn Holmes also saw backup center minutes in this game. Only 10, but, um, you know, Sabonis played 38 minutes. So that's uh, all you're going to get. And uh, he, you know, he didn't really do much, to be honest. But uh, he wasn't bad in those 10 minutes because Sabonis got into early foul trouble. Uh, so did Jokic, but uh, we subbed Sabonis out, and they actually just kept Jokic in. But uh, Holmes was fine, which is something I can't say that he had been earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, he was absolutely terrible defensively. And in this game, he was fine, and that is good enough for our backup center spot. I just I can't say enough about how much of a like a warrior Sabonis is of fighting through a broken thumb and coming out and still putting up insane stats and you you couldn't even really tell that he had a broken thumb and he he was never like grimacing or anything i wonder how much pain he was in i mean he went out there was he knocked down both of his three point attempts like, he was 12 for 18 from the field. His touch was still there, obviously, because he, you know, it's his non-shooting hand, and he never really shoots with his right hand, never, you know, takes any layups or anything with his right hand. Everything's with the left hand, but even, like, catching the ball, he had maybe one moment where he didn't catch it, but I don't know if that was because of his 
broken thumb or if he just didn't really see the ball coming at him. But yeah, I, I mean, you could not tell that he had a broken thumb. If the Kings could just play the way that they play in fourth quarters throughout the entire game defensively, they would be one of the best well, best uh, teams in the league. <laughs> I just hope that uh, we see more KZ Akpala minutes. I want to keep seeing KZ Akpala minutes because he brings the intensity defensively and he brings the length and the size that we need. The Kings' next game is against the Utah Jazz, who are 19-8 and on the season. They are 7-13 and on the road this season, so definitely a better home team uh, than a road team. Laurie Markkinen is obviously going to be a problem because he has so much size. He's so tall but is so skilled at the same time and can knock down the outside shot. And so, again, we have Casey Akpala. When, uh, when the bench comes out, he can guard Laurie Markkinen. You know, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure it'll be Harrison Barnes to start with, but um, I would like to see Casey Akpala uh, get get his time defending him. And then uh, rebounding, keeping Jared Vanderbilt off the offensive glass is going to be important because he's just a hustle guy, super strong, and uh, knows how to do all the dirty work. And can you know he can score uh, when, you know, at times he can score, and he's I think he's underrated in that. The Kings at times in this Nuggets game let the Nuggets get offensive rebounds just from kind of lack of concentration, you know, on shots that they really should not have been allowing offensive rebounds off. You know, there are certain cases where you can excuse it because of the rotations and mismatches inside or just the shot being an air ball or something like that. But there were ones that were pretty inexcusable in this game. So that's something that we have to be cognizant of uh, for Jared Vanderbilt, especially because he gets 2.5 offensive rebounds per game. This is a game that the Kings will be favored in the last game of the homestand and will be nice to go 500 on this homestand and salvage it. And in terms of the standings, Utah is very close to us in the standings. They're one game above 500, like I said. We're three games above 500, so an important game, standings-wise. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Rural Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore the Rural Report. And I'll see you guys next time to recap the game against the Utah Jazz. Peace.